The Dental Practice Fixers podcast is brought to you by the Meadow Center for Dental Practice Success. To find out how we can help increase the success of your practice, check out meadow.com or call us at 1-800-258-0060. to the Dental Practice Fixers podcast, the first one of the new year, the first podcast for 2021. I'm Dr. Richard Maddow. I'm going to be your host today, and I'm co-founder, along with my brother, Dr. David Maddow, of the Maddow Center for Dental Practice Success. And I'm so glad to be back. We took a couple weeks off for the, the end of the year holidays and the new year and all that great stuff. But now we're back and it's 2021 and it's going to be a fantastic year. I know it. You know it. We all know it. So let's get psyched. We've got something really interesting to talk about on today's podcast and some great mystery shopper calls. So um, just a few weeks ago, I was listening to some music, just a variety of music, and the song um, called Dumb Things by Paul Kelly and the Messengers came up. Now, Paul Kelly, not that well-known in uh, in the U.S. or North America. I'm not sure if he's well-known in Europe or not. He's a superstar in Australia. He's been around for a long time, so he's a, he's a big uh, musical hero in Australia. But um, one of his early, really popular songs is called Dumb Things, and I love that song, and I was just listening to it and grooving to it, and he says, I've done all the dumb things. And I just thought, wow, you know what? This applies in dentistry, too, because let's face it, to be a dentist, um, you've got to be pretty darn smart. I mean, four years of difficult science courses in college, then you have to get good enough grades and do well enough on the DATs to get accepted into dental school. Then dental school, just four years of hell. And then you think you're finally done, and then you get kicked out of dental school and thrown into the big, bad world of private practice where everything changes. And it's, uh, you know, dentistry is fantastic, and we love it, but... Um, it can be pretty tough. We all know that it can be. And something about dentists, even though we're all really smart, I mean, we had to be smart to make it this far. We all do a lot of dumb things. I've done them. Dave has done them. You've done them. And it's these dumb things that smart dentists do that really prevent us from getting where we need to be in our practices, or at least slowing down our trajectory. So I was thinking about that, and I thought, you know, that would be a really cool um, webinar or or full-day course called Dumb Things That Smart Dentists Do. So I'm in the midst of developing that, kind of making a list of all the dumb things that I've done, that you've done, that we've all done, and I'm going to share them in an upcoming webinar, an upcoming course, but maybe we'll get to talk about a few of those today. Um, before we get to that, speaking of dumb things that dentists do, well, if you're not using Fat Merchant for your credit card processing, I got to tell you, and I hate to tell you, but you are doing a dumb thing because Fat Merchant does not charge an overage percentage. They just charge a very low flat monthly fee. So the amount that you're paying Visa, MasterCard, Amex, of course, that doesn't change because they have nothing to do with that. But your credit card processing company is tacking a percentage on to every charge. So if you have a great month where a lot of people whip out their credit cards and get their crowns and perio procedures and implants and all that fantastic stuff done, well, you're paying a percentage of that just to process the credit cards. Fat Merchant doesn't do that. It's a very low, very consistent monthly fee. And if you're not 
using Fat Merchant, you're doing one of those dumb things. So let's take care of that right now. Just go to matto.com slash save, M-A-D-O-W.com slash S-A-V-E and get Fat Merchant going in your practice. It just takes one little click, one little call, everything's seamless, and then month after month, you'll save hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. So do it right now, matto.com slash save. Okay, one of the first things I thought of when thinking of dumb things that dentists do is being so fixated on new patients, new patients, new patients, new patients, new patients, new patients. It seems like just about everybody that calls us when they want to talk about how they can improve their practice or talk to us about coaching or consulting or whatever, so many people say, if not the only thing, one of the things on the top of their list is, I need more new patients, I need more new patients, I need more new patients. And look, I've got nothing against new patients. We love new patients. If you have a lot of new patients coming in, you've got a chance to really grow your practice. But there are some problems with being dependent on the new patient fix. You know, we don't do that much new patient marketing for people anymore. We do more all-encompassing coaching, and that can include new patients, of course. But, um, you know, we kind of look at the whole picture, the big picture, the 30,000-foot view. But many years ago, and let's let's take it way back, before um, pre-internet, I mean, maybe the internet existed, but we certainly weren't using it like we were today. Um, one of the big things that we did with Dennis was helping to get more new patients through our division called ProMail. So ProMail is really weird because it was direct mail marketing, um, hand address letters, envelopes, and, and postcards, and a very extensive program using direct mail, because that was fantastic in those days. It still can be fantastic, but in those days, it was kind of king, um, using direct mail to help practices get more new patients. And we had thousands of customers or clients across the country using our ProMail direct mail marketing system for dental practices to get new patients. And in a way, it was very frustrating. I'll tell you why. Because some practices did phenomenally well with ProMail. They would say we were their absolute best source for new patients. The return on investment was phenomenal, and they loved it. Other practices did really well. Some practices did just okay. And for other practices, it was a complete disaster. They hardly got any new patients. And we always tried to figure out why. Like, you know, was it uh, the location of the practice? Was it the demographics? Was it the insurance programs? They took all these different things. And it was really tough to determine why some practices really did well with ProMail and others didn't. And then as things progressed and, you know, the Internet becomes um, more everywhere and we all have websites, something that we learned was that we could have, and of course this is nothing today, everybody does this today, but it was pretty new stuff back then, we could have a dedicated tracking number where um, your website or whatever the letter or the mailing piece will refer you to had its own dedicated phone number so we could tell how many calls you were getting from this mailing piece. And then as things got even more sophisticated, we could record the calls. And it didn't take very long to learn that these letters and postcards made the phone ring consistently. In every practice, the phone rang. But then that's where things went haywire because some practices had absolute superstars at their front desk and they knew how to convert a caller to a patient. And other practices would get the same amount of calls, but the person at the front desk probably didn't have proper training and they could not convert anyone. So, you know, everybody says, we need more new patients. We need more new patients. Great. Let's talk about how to get more new patients. Well, it starts with the new patient lead. We knew our phone ring. We need more new patients, potential new patients calling our office. And that's great. But when the phone rings, 
If then the practice has no idea what to do with that call and the person that's calling doesn't wind up being a patient, well, it doesn't matter how many times your phone rings, nobody's being converted into patients. So this is one of the reasons that the new patient fix can be dangerous. Um, something else we found when practices say, we want new patients, we want new patients, is we go in, and this is what we're doing these days, because nowadays when a practice contacts us and we're thinking about maybe working together, which would be fantastic, we do what's called a snapshot. And we can do it for you at, at matto.com slash snapshot. So you can go to that and see what it's all about, matto.com slash snapshot, S-N-A-P-S-H-O-T. But when we do these snapshots, um, here's something else that we invariably find out in many practices, and that is they have what I'll call a huge back door. Now, that doesn't mean a big butt. We would never never say a practice has a big butt. I know some people call it the back door. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, these practices have a huge back door, which means that, yes, they're getting new patients, but most of those patients, it's like a big bus pulls up at the front door. All these new patients get in and they walk through that front door and they just walk through and maybe they'll stop in the treatment room. Maybe they'll stop in the hygiene room, but then they just keep walking, walking, walking straight through the back door of the practice. So it's not unusual for us to find out that practices can retain only 25, 30, 35% of their new patients. So think about it. You really work hard. You do external marketing, internal marketing, maybe try to provide a fantastic patient experience, do all these things to get referrals, to get your phone to ring. But then patients come in and they're not retained. And every practice where we tell them this, they are shocked. Like, well, we looked at your data, we did a very thorough analysis, and you are only retaining 30 32%, 35% of your new patients. That's how many are staying in the practice. No way, they all argue. That's impossible. I mean, everybody gets, our hygienists are making appointments in the treatment room. Nobody leaves the front desk without getting an appointment, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, you can say that all you want, but the numbers don't lie, as they say. When we do our data analysis, so many times we find out that practice retention, patient retention is very, very poor. Now, of course, we'll work with the practice to make that better. And what I'm saying is, um, a lot of times that's our first priority. A practice will say, well, let's work on our new patients. You know, we want a social media marketing campaign and we want to do this, we want to do that. And we say, well, why are we going to bother doing that if our attention is so poor? Let's first work on a great protocol and a great program to retain more patients in your practice. That is going to be you know, no, no extra money needs to be spent. We can all do it internally. We'll set up the systems. We'll help you set up the protocols. We'll all do it together. And your, your best sources of new patients are patients who were in your practice and they don't have an appointment. They're not really truly new patients, but they're going to be reactivated patients. And you've already got them. They know you. They know where you are. They know all the, and they already probably like you, but for some reason, they just didn't come back. So that's why I'm saying it's a dumb thing to only be focused on getting that phone to ring with new patients. Because if all these other things aren't in place, it won't really matter. And along the same lines, when we do our practice snapshot, our data analysis, we find that so many practices have what we call the million-dollar file cabinet, which means treatment is being proposed but not accepted. We can actually find out what your treatment acceptance rate is. And everybody says, oh, my treatment acceptance rate, it's 60%, 65%, 70%, 100%. It's 110%. People accept more treatment than I actually uh, propose to them. But again, invariably, we find out the treatment plan acceptance percentage is much lower than most people think. That's the bad news. But the good news is now you've got what we call this million-dollar file cabinet where there's treatment. It's been 
diagnosed. It's been discussed with the patient. For some reason, they haven't gotten it yet, but it's sitting there in your files. And this is, again, where we would work with your practice before we even talk about new patients to develop the correct systems and protocols to get these patients back in and to get them to say yes to the treatment. So that's why I'm calling this dumb thing number one. Always thinking about new patients, new patients, new patients, new patients, because invariably um, we find out that the phones aren't being handled correctly. And boy, if, if we ever talk about that, it's in the Dental Practice Fixers podcast. We'll be doing some mystery shopper calls in just a minute. We find the phones are not being handled properly, meaning that the person who's answering the phones, they could be great. They could be smart. They could be, in many ways, a fantastic team member, but they haven't been correctly trained in getting that potential new patient into the appointment book. And that's what we strive to do every week on the Dental Practice Fixers. It's actually my goal that we won't be able to do mystery shopper calls anymore because everybody will be getting them right and they won't even be fun or we won't even learn from them. So who knows, will that ever happen one day? That's the goal of the Dental Practice Fixers mystery shopper calls to put ourselves out of business. So yeah, front desk and again, the million dollar file cabinet and poor patient retention all these things need to be taken care of before you really get to um, programs, marketing, internal, referral programs, whatever it is, to get more new patients into your practice. It's so important. So that was dumb thing number one. And I hope you listened, and I hope you got the message and learned from it. It's really, really important. Okay, let's do some mystery shopper calls, because I know it's the beginning of the year. It's really busy. I didn't want to make this episode too long. But I think that was a really, really important lesson. So let's do our mystery shopper calls. I'm going over here to Command Central. Now, I was in um, a pretty goofy mood when I start when I made these calls this morning. And again, I don't make 20 calls and just play three that I think will be the three best. I just make th two or three calls right in a row. That's my promise to you. I don't filter them out unless um, it's just voicemail or you know something like that. But I just made these three calls in a row this morning. And I was in kind of a goofy mood. And I thought, what I'm going to do is just make up a term that has nothing to do with dentistry and call these practices and see if they do that procedure. So I called three practices and told them I needed an excavation. Now, it may sound funny. It may sound silly. It may sound stupid, whatever. But there is really, really a point to this. And the point is, what do you do if a patient calls and they're asking you about something that you don't really understand? Because um, so many times patients don't know what they're talking about. They're not dentists. They're not dental hygienists or dental assistants or dental business team members. So they don't know the terms. If they heard something a few months ago, they probably got it wrong. Or, you know, you hear people talking. They get things wrong. And it's not their fault. They're not in the dental field. So let's give them a break. So I was just thinking, what would happen if a patient called an office using a term that actually is not a dental term? What would that practice do? Somebody called and said, my last dentist told me I need an excavation. Well, let's find out. This is the place to find out on the Dental Practice Fixers podcast. So, okay, we'll do three calls. Call number one. My last dentist told me I need an excavation. Let's move over here to Command Central and we'll hit it. Help you. Um, yeah, my, my last dentist I saw told me I needed an excavation. Do you do that there? Uh, do what now? I'm sorry, I couldn't understand you. What, what did think, you say now? I think I think she he said excavation. I need an excavation. Um, and maybe an extraction. Are you a patient here? No, I'm not. I'm okay. not. Okay, it must it must be an extraction, but mm. we don't do any extractions here. We refer to all surgery. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't think it meant taking a tooth out. I, might, I think it was something else. I'm not sure. I'm, I, maybe I'm getting the word wrong. Okay. I don't know. Then. Yeah. 
Okay. Find out and call us back. But if it's I will. I w- then it would then it is four zero. Yeah, that 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 means taking the tooth out, right? Yes, sir. It is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not what it was. Okay. okay. Well, thank, All right. uh, okay. thank you uh-huh. so much. Uh-huh. Thank you. Sure. You're welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, man. First of all, she was, yeah, she was pleasant and nice enough. Not the friendliest person in the world, but she was fine on the niceness scale. But she's like mid-sentence. She just stops and says, are you a patient here? I mean, come on. That was incredibly unfriendly. Are you a patient here? I mean, just very off-putting. Uh, I said that my last dentist told me I need an excavation, so obviously I'm not a new patient. So I represented a new patient opportunity. So she starts off by yelling at me, and then she says, well, we don't do that here, and then we'll we determine maybe it wasn't an extraction. So she's, instead of saying, um, well, why don't you come in, she said, well, why don't you find out what that last dentist meant and then call us back. There's no way in the world that anybody would ever do that. They got something wrong. They call a new office. They said, well, why don't you find out and then call us back? Not happening. There's no way in the world that's going to happen. So what should she have done? Well, what if I said, um, my last dentist told me I need an excavation. Do you do that there? Instead of saying like, are you a patient here? Or I don't know what that means. What if she just said something like, oh, it looks like you're looking for a new dentist. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Well, let me tell you about Dr. Jones, blah, 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 blah. It's a great office. I'll tell you what, I'm not sure what you mean by an excavation. Um, It's not really a dental term, so it could mean several different things. Why don't we have you come in? Let's make an appointment. I, I don't care if this is for an exam, for a cleaning, for a free consult, for a look, see, whatever you want to call it. This was a perfect opportunity for her to say, Oh, it sounds like you're looking for a new dentist. Let me tell you, let's brag on that. Let me tell you how fantastic our dentist is. Let's get you in to meet him or her, and they can look at your tooth and tell you exactly what they think. How easy is that? How easy is that? It's simple. She wasn't even close to that. So just because I'm, I'm saying a goofy word that doesn't exist in the dental vernacular doesn't mean this isn't a great opportunity for a new patient. You know, again, see, this is why people say, we need more new patients, more new patients, more new patients, more new patients. But what happens when your phone rings? I know this is an odd call, but it was also a perfect new patient opportunity. Okay, let's go to our second call, see if they did something similar. Thank you for calling. Please press 1 to continue. Ooh, la la. Thank you for calling. Thank you for calling Dr. office. This is Christy. Can you hold, please? Sure. Wow. They had that kind of fancy system, push one for call. I think before that came on, they, they did this call as being recorded for quality assurance. I can't remember if it was this call or the next one. Um, so I'm expecting, wow, the call's being recorded. They must have had excellent training. This is going to be fantastic. Then what happens? I call, boom, hold, please. Wow. Let's see how long I'm on hold. I mean, the music's pretty jamming. That's a good guitar player. Another small but but certainly a missed opportunity. Instead of thank you for holding, we'll be with you momentarily. 
If you have to place someone on hold, which I hope you don't have to do, why don't we use that time to have a recording? You know, it can be this goofy music, but when you butt in like that, tell them a little about a little bit about the office. Tell them something about the office. You know, you've been in the area for this long, and you're high tech, and you're this, and you're that, and you're now doing implants and whitening. You know, have you considered um, Invisalign to straighten your smile? Do do a little ad for the office. Your call is important to us. That continue to hold your calls important to us is total BS. Reminds me of a song by the great band Sparks, where the entire song they pretty much just repeat. At first she said, your call's important to us. And then she said, please hold, please hold. Well, that's what I'm feeling like. And, you know, many times when we're on these long holds, we, uh, we edit the whole time so you don't have to sit there and listen to it. But I just want to show you how excruciating it is to be on a hold this long, 95 plus percentage of patients would have hung up by We're now. Sorry for the delay. We'll be with you in just a moment. You're not sorry for the delay at all. What are you talking about? You're just not sorry. It's the waste of everybody's time. Instead of editing this, I'm going to let it ride through again, just so you see what it's like. Maybe if we all see what it's like to be on hold like this, we'll make it a goal never, ever, ever to do this in our offices. Surely somebody else in the office could jump up there and pick up the phone or could have gotten it in the first place. This is 100% unacceptable. This is what you're gonna do to a potential new patient. This screams, your office is too busy for me. Oh, it was a fake out. They came back for a second and then put it on hold again. Oh yeah, that on hold music was rocking. That was great. Um, <laughs> hey, I want to see if you do. My last dentist told me I needed an excavation. Do you do that there? I'm not even what sure what it is. An excavation? An excavation? What is that? I, I wasn't sure. Um, I'm not familiar with what that is. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, great. Well, thank you so much then. Okay. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye. Wow. She made me sit through three minutes of an excruciating hold, and that's the best she could do? I'm not sure where that is, and then says nothing. Couldn't she just think to say, why don't you come on in so we can take a look? This is not so hard. Wow. Okay, 0 for 2. Totally different calls, but they pretty much made the same mistake. Um, they, they said that they don't know what that is, which is fine because it's not a dental term, but didn't invite the patient in. I mean, this is just mind-boggling. Okay. Let's do our final call for the excavation. Hey, uh, my last dentist told me I needed an excavation. I think that's what what uh, she said. Do you do that there? Uh, no, that's not a dental term. Uh, a what? Excavation? No? That makes no sense. Makes uh, no sense. Oh, okay. That's not well, a right word. Uh, can you describe what it was you needed? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, it was a it was a tooth with a big old filling that was just starting to maybe uh, bother me a little bit, like it was kind of rough. I, I thought she said I needed an excavation. I could be wrong on the term. Could it be an extraction? Well, I don't think so, because that means taking the tooth out, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's what it was. Hmm. Okay. 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 Um, well, usually when you have it, so you have a, do you have a toothache? No, no, no. Just it's just it feels a little rough. You have you have a large filling, mm -hmm. and did she feel like it needed to be replaced? That's possible. It's 
possible. Or did she say it needed to be a crown? I don't, I don't, I, I, yeah, I'm not sure I remember hearing the word crown. I thought it was okay. excavation, but I, I, no, apparently I'm wrong. No, I promise you, I've stayed through <laughs> the phone 30 years in, in a dental uh, office. There is no such thing as an excavation. Well, yeah, I'm sure I got it wrong then. Um, I mean, extraction's the closest, and that's pulling a tooth. But mm -hmm. if you don't do that, then you either have, if you have a tooth with, with um, a filling in it, you either leave it alone, or if the filling's starting to go bad and give way, then you either get a crown, a filling, or have, it in, have an implant, which is after you get it extracted. Hmm. Those are okay, well, Yeah, thanks for so the explanation. Do you want to, you don't want to go back to your other dentist and just do whatever she said? Yeah, that might be a good idea since I'm a little confused here. Um, I mean, I'm happy to help you, but i got to know a little. I mean, I can't over the phone tell you what you're asking, you know. Right, 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 of course. Okay, um, I, I understand so, and I appreciate it. Yeah. So how did you hear about us? Oh, I, could it be my cousin told you uh her name's Bert, Bertrice, Bertrice Jones. I think she told me. I could be wrong. I'm not getting anything yeah, right today, am I? I don't that patient. Yeah, yeah, I pretty much know all our patients. Oh, wow. Uh, cool. Yeah, all right, well, I, I okay, well, I'll tell you what. I will try to get this straightened out, and I'll let you know if I okay. can be of help. Okay, all right. When you explain it a little better, I'm happy to try to help you, okay? Great, great. I appreciate okay. it. Thank you so much. Uh, okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Mm, well, how'd you hear about us? That was nice. That's always a nice one. That kind of came out of nowhere. I was surprised in the midst of that weird conversation. You just threw that in. So that was cool. But, um, you know, again, she was nice, but she was grilling me and grilling me. I mean, I'm calling saying I need an excavation. Obviously, I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. And she's grilling me. Does it need this? Does it do that? What the heck? And then she said, well, why don't you go back to your old dentist? Now, look. There's a reason I called this office. It's most likely because I didn't want to go back to that old dentist. And she insists on pushing me back to the old dentist. Big mistake. And instead of grilling me and grilling me, couldn't she have just said, I'm not sure what that means. That's not really a dental term. I'll tell you what, why don't we have you come in so we can take a look? Why is nobody thinking to do this? Your, your ultimate goal, just think, when any time a potential new patient calls, no matter what they're asking, your ultimate goal, unless for some reason there's no way they fit in with your practice for whatever reason, but that's pretty rare. Uh, your ultimate goal is to get them into the office, onto the appointment book, meet the dentist, meet the team, see how great the office is, see where you're located, discuss their treatment. That is your goal. That's why I call this office. And she keeps pushing me back to the old dentist. And just because I didn't understand dental terms, she was making it so difficult for me. That is crazy. I mean, could you imagine calling um, your mechanic, your car mechanic, and if you don't understand automobile terms, they keep asking you things, and instead of saying, why don't you bring your car in? That wouldn't happen in a million years. So why does it happen in dental practices? Jeez, I don't know, but hopefully we all learned a lot from today's episode of the Dental Practice Fixers Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Richard Maddow. I'm also co-founder of the Maddow Center for Dental Practice Success. Hey, why don't you check it out? Go to maddow.com or better yet, let's do a practice snapshot for you at maddow.com slash snapshot. It's no charge, no obligation, no pressure, and we will learn a lot about your practice. And remember, we talked about doing dumb things. If you're not using Fat Merchant, woo, 
That's a dumb thing. Go to matto.com slash save and you will pay a low, flat monthly fee for your credit card processing and save money every single month. Okay, this is our welcome to 2021 edition of the Dental Practice Fixers podcast. I'm Dr. Rich Matto and I will see you next time. Thanks. Thanks.